Here we go, here we go. Welcome to Police Pod Talk. Whoop, whoop, it's the police. Don't look in your rearview mirror. This podcast covers the latest police news, along with hitting the hot topics you've been talking about all week. I'm your host, Cleveland. Thank you for joining us. Welcome back to Police Pod Talk. Again, hopefully you guys had a wonderful weekend and got to spend some time with your family. Is that about right there, Abby? Absolutely. And Jeremy? Yes, I spent the whole weekend with my family. There you, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Folks, uh, before we get started on our first story today, uh, we did get an email from a gentleman out of uh, Indianapolis who uh, wanted to know a little bit more about the, uh, the host on the show. Uh, I think you know enough about me, but I think we'll spend a few minutes and uh, get to know Abby just a little bit more. Um. Because they said that uh, her voice sounded like she was a cop, and uh, uh, aggressive cop is what it said in the email. And I was surprised, too, when I heard that. that (laughs) You got to know Abby. She wouldn't do that. But uh, we're going to spend a little time before we get started on the first story. And Abby, uh, just tell us kind of like where you grew up at and born and raised in high school, college, and uh, interests and things like that. But we'll hit you with some questions. Go right right. here, Abby. Well, um, born and raised in Ossian, Indiana. Big town, small town? What kind of town is it? Very small. Mm. What, what's the big thing about Aussie and what, what do they know? Donuts what's, and Aussie and ham. Aussie and donuts and Aussie and ham. That's right. Mm, okay. Damn. All right. Born and raised in Aussie. Born and raised. Um, definitely loved it there. I like a small town. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, I like I like the small town setting. So you're kind of like a country girl then. No, I'm not Maybe. a country girl. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a small town girl, not oh, a country girl. Okay. Right. Um, went to Norwell. Uh, graduated from Norwell High School. There you go. Um. And college-wise, I started down at IU Bloomington, mm-hmm. and but I actually finished my criminal justice degree at IPFW. Okay. When it was IPFW. Okay. So here in Fort Wayne. So you you took your criminal justice degree. Did you ever think about law enforcement? Um, for a hot second. <laughs> what happened? Um, it just didn't. You know, I think over time it didn't uh, appeal as much to me. I actually wanted to go more into law, um, like as in the attorney, and then I. Did an internship at the prosecutor's office, and I was like, ooh, not for me. Um, but uh, my mom kind of tried to talk. My mom kind of talked me out of being a police officer, too. So oh. I know. <laughs> There's a problem there. Um, but, you know, I, I love what I do. I love the mm-hmm. criminal justice world. I, okay. I'm, you know, it definitely, I like it. So did you ever do a ride-along with an officer to see? I did not. Actually, truthfully, even now, I'd probably enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would have I would have enjoyed it. Um, and truthfully, I think, and I'm going to shout out to people out there, internships are very important. Definitely, mm-hmm. I think you, while you're still in college, you can see what you like, what you didn't like. Like I said, I did an internship here at the prosecutor's office right. here in Allen County. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I didn't want to be an attorney, I did an internship at the probation department, which is weird. I loved it. I loved working. I liked that person-to-person contact right. and just like you're one-on-one with them trying to help them i really mm-hmm. enjoyed that so police work is nothing you would ever be no wanting. even now looking is it something you would think about no. now nothing you want no. to be any part of that hmm. no so what made you get a criminal justice degree you know i'm not really sure i've actually thought about that i don't know um fully what made me go criminal justice um i've always kind of liked the law i like the um the aspect and you know, I, I know I had a cousin 
a long time ago when I was um, a freshman in high school that was murdered. Um, I don't know if that really influenced me. I know I mm. was coming. He, he was supposed to have a jury trial, and I remember coming with my aunt and uncle to uh, to watch it, and he ended up pleading guilty that morning. Oh. Um, but I don't know if that has anything. You know, I don't know if that really. It just has always interested me. Right. Right. So you enjoy the law part, but you don't want to be in the dirty part. <laughs> I don't want to say dirty part. Like, I love that interaction with people. Mm-hmm. I guess, truthfully, even today, I, I just wouldn't want to deal with what the officers are dealing with today. Not gotcha. even so much that personal, not even so much going right. to the calls. There's just a lot more stuff officers have to deal with today that, I mean, I sometimes I have patience, sometimes I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think mm-hmm. it requires a lot of patience and a right. lot of, unfortunately, people are looking back on you and of course hindsight's twenty twenty. so you know you're in that split second decision what do mm-hmm. you have to do you only got certain facts on a call you're going with the only knowledge that you have mm-hmm. and the back experience that you have but you know not always do we make the the best judgment call when you look back on it hmm. prior to you getting into the position you're in now what were you doing at the prosecutor's office i actually was a paralegal for uh like nine-ish years um working yeah with uh felony attorneys which i absolutely loved so you've read a lot of police reports i've read a lot of police reports and you've made like i don't want to say changes but you can read a report and tell if it's good or bad oh absolutely so that's nine years of experience yeah he was close to that ten thousand hours there you go all right okay (laughs) so so now what exactly are you doing now i am a investigator with adult protective services so i do have what i really love is that still personal relation you know going out interacting with the people Mm -hmm. um talking to them making you know trying to see what we can do to make life better for them if there's a way and if they want it that's the that's the key with adult protective services is you have an adult as an adult you can make a good and bad decision but you Mm -hmm. have to live with the consequences so what just in a nutshell aps or adult protective services Mm -hmm. is what um what do they do Oh, we go investigate abuse, neglect, and exploitation of an endangered adult under the state of Indiana, which means someone that is not capable um, of understanding the consequences of making a decision. So Mm kind of like what our big thing is, you know, someone with a dementia diagnosis, intellectual disability, developmental disability, where they don't, you know, that cognitive, there's a cognitive impairment that they might not understand. Right the consequences of the decisions they're making. I'm picking it up. Okay. All right. So when you've answered a lot of questions on uh, police pod talk, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of that is coming from your experience uh, as a paralegal. Yes. Uh, your Some of the knowledge you picked up while you were in college with um, your degree. Yep. And you can see kind of both sides of how police officers work and, you know. The community out there. I, I try to, definitely. Okay. Um, I definitely try to see both, both sides. Mm-hmm. So... When you're answering some of these questions, are you giving your opinion? It's coming from, you do have a little bit of a base where you're getting yeah. your stuff mm-hmm. from. Okay. So that's probably why the, the person that sent the email was thinking that you were a cop. Because could be. You know, could be. You know, the way you were sounding, the way you were answering <laughs> the question. There's nothing wrong with that. Hey, get you a discount every once in a there while. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, I'm just kidding on that part. Well, Abby, we do appreciate you taking a few minutes here just explaining. Well, hopefully I answered everyone's questions about mm-hmm. who I am and okay. well, what and my that, background is. I appreciate that. Thank you have you. any questions, Jeremy? <laughs> no, okay. I learned a lot, though. Okay. Yeah. Good. Thank you. a small town. I guess. Aussie and ham. I've never ham. heard of Aussie and ham before. Go. I've heard of the donuts. I've never You'd heard of ham. You'd have to try ham. it sometime. Okay.
you have to bring a sample in. You know, be, be greedy. <laughs> and share your talent I'll see with bacon. us. I'll see him bacon. I'll see him bacon. I'll see him bacon. Okay. All right. Before we get too carried away here, <laughs> we do appreciate that, Abby. And uh, like she said, hopefully that answers some of the questions that they had in the email. But they can always email back if they want to know something else. Well Absolutely. Done. Thank you very much. Okay. Hey, this story I'm going to give you first here is almost like a two-part story. So bear with me as I read this, all right? And uh, don't stop me until we get done. I'll try not to. I tend to do that. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Hey, it was on February 28th. This is in Chicago of uh, this year, February 28th. The mayor, Mayor Lightfoot there, uh, unveiled a plan, this new plan they had for the Chicago police to patrol what's called the CTA rail system which is the Chicago Transit Authority uh, system. They announced that they have had a lot of uh, crimes taking place on the rails, and they announced that they were going to add 50 more officers to patrol the L trains, which is the elevated trains, which would bring the total to 250 officers. And they put them on the trains. They had a lot of uh, robberies, shootings, and different things happening to people, so they beefed this entire thing up on that day. And they said the department was also going to be opening a strategic decision support center in the downtown police district, which would be which would give the officers a central location to monitor a system of 32,000 cameras in real time. So, I mean, they're setting all this up, a big announcement. The mayor was doing this and they're having a great unveiling of this uh, new program that's going to take place there. What just so happened on that day <laughs> a gentleman, 33-year-old gentleman, last name Rome, decided to ride the L train, well, the subway. While he was on the subway, he decided to start jumping from car to car. And I guess you, this was like a city ordinance. You could not go from car to car while the train was in, in motion. Uh, he was opening the door, going to the next one. And some of the officers saw him on that. The officers who were on patrol, they saw him. So once the train stopped, they went up, approached him to let him know what he was doing uh, was against the city ordinance. And a little bit of a struggle ensued, and the officers attempted to apprehend the gentleman. Well, during the struggle, the officers are trying to handcuff him. Both officers deployed their tasers and tased the gentleman. The entire time he's yelling, they're yelling, and this is all on recording, and you can actually go online and see this. He's yelling that he doesn't know them. They're yelling for him to stop resisting. I mean, they're yelling several times for him to stop resisting. Both officers, they're on the ground. One officer is on top of him. He's wiggling and struggling around. There's another female officer behind. She's yelling, stop resisting also. And the gentleman keeps fighting. Mr. Rome continues to fight. Eventually, Mr. Rome wiggled his way up, stood up, and the officers are yelling at him to stop resisting. They back off of him. The male officer yells to the female officer a couple of times, shoot him, shoot him. The female officer pulls her gun out and yells for him to stop. He doesn't. He's just standing there. She shoots him in the stomach. One shot's fired. He takes off running up the escalator. Both officers are in pursuit of him. By the time they get to the top of the escalator, out of sight of the person videotaping, you hear another shot being fired, which strikes Mr. Rome in the buttocks. Oh, no. (laughs) See, that's not... Well, the story goes on. Later, the charges were dropped. They decide to drop all charges on him. And his lawyer decides to sue the police department. The lawyer says they were not properly trained. 
the lawyer also somehow found out that the female officer involved in it, who did the actual shooting, had actually been arrested at one point for assault, an assault on a fast food restaurant worker. And he said that the partner, the male partner, should have had her stop, but he yelled for her to shoot him, shoot him. And she did. Well, the mayor made a, a statement stating that the, the video that she saw was extremely disturbing. The attorney, the uh, Cook County State Attorney, he also made a statement after dropping the charges. Uh, he got word from the police superintendent uh, to drop the charges, and they did. He also made a statement that he had suspended both the officers, stripped them of their police powers, and uh, pending the outcome of the investigation. Well, the uh, FOP, which is a union for the uh, police, they were upset with the fact that they were stripped of their police powers and said they should wait until the uh, investigation plays out first. There was video on this, and I think you guys have seen it and heard it or looked at it a little bit, but uh, it is kind of hard to watch, and you wonder what was going on and who said what. Like I said, it's kind of a two-part. It was a great thing going on that day, and then on that same day, that other thing unfolded. So, come on. <laughs> so, they, the second time he got shot, the female shot him that time as well? Yep, she shot She both. shot both of them. Yep. Okay. And, but he was fleeing? At that point, he was um, fleeing. I mean, the first time when he shot him in the stomach. First time he was standing there. Yeah, he was standing there, and the uh, male officer's yelling, shoot him, shoot him. And she yells at him to, to stop. And he really he was still just resisting. He was just standing there. He was just standing there with the, the taser probes and the wires hanging okay. out of him, and she shot him. Was he making movement toward them? No, no, no. Hmm. But the tasers, when they tased him, it didn't stop him from, you know what I mean, where it's supposed resisting? to yeah. no. continue to resist. No, he was, he was on the ground and screaming, and they were laying on top of him. Well, the male officer was on top, and the female was kind of trying to get handcuffs to put him on there. But okay, so that neither of them were close to him really when he, she shot him. Oh, the only they few both feet had, away. Had but they were both a little. They bit. were both backed off. Backed I mean, off, right. he wasn't still. I mean, wrestling with mm-hmm. the guy. No, no. He no. was backed away. He was standing up. All three of them were standing up at that point. A question, and I apologize if you said it. Um, so he was jumping car to car, which is why they were making the initial stop to talk to him. Whatever they right. were doing shooting and tasing actually happen or like at a stop it as one of the stops is on the platform okay they had gotten off of the train and they were right by an escalator and i apologize if you said that but no i didn't but thank you for bringing it up no i I, (laughs) do these officers ride this is i mean kind of related to the incident do they ride the trains they were riding the trains on the platform some are patrolling the platform some will actually ride on the train why is the why is the attorney for uh, what the Rome. Rome? Rome, right? Why is he suing the city, saying they weren't trained? Are they not regular officers that were just put there, or are they just brand new officers that they put there? Well, they're they're officers, but their assignment was to guard. So the, they're the they're rail. regular police yeah, officers, right, okay. right? But I guess I, he dug up something showing on page twelve of the lawsuit saying that the city hired the officers who shot Rome, knowing. She had been arrested in 2015. Well, uh, yeah, that, I get that. Mm-hmm. But to say they're not that, trained, to say they're not trained when they would obviously go through the same training as any other officer. Well, I, yeah. I was just wondering. Yeah, if, he just says it's prop, not properly trained. 
But yeah, the the rest is interesting. A fast food worker. She's hungry. <laughs> you see, there you go. Well, he's actually a short order cook in Chicago. So, this Rome? Yeah, Rome is. Yeah. I guess they have a gangway door. It's called a gangway door that you're not allowed to open and go through. It's the accordion-looking part of the train mm-hmm. where you see the two of them uh, stuck yeah. together. There's a door in there, and I guess you're not allowed to go through there when the train is in motion. Yeah, I could. I mean, I understand. It's a city ordinance. Yeah, so. but you see it on the movies. They do it all. They the do time. do it on. Yeah, oh. chasing people. I know. I only saw it on the Fugitive. <laughs> That's it. Well, if there was an officer there, they would write him a, a city citation for that. But I mean, so they they're what? done. Then they're. I mean, they're no longer officers. They're. You said stripped at, at of power. They've been stripped they're, of their power. Right. They're no longer on the force. I don't see a need to point, shoot him. Right. But I know we've talked about before, there was another incident, and I remember even talking to you about it, Cleveland, that, you know, within, like, what, two seconds or something, they can come. You know, granted, I guess he didn't have a deadly weapon, did he? When I know that before, when we did talk about the guy had a knife. Knife, right. So he didn't have any weapon that they at least know of. No. um, That they never saw. Right. I just, the, the shooting seems a bit much. For him to be just standing there. And just going from car to car. I mean, it's not like he was robbing, you know, he's not robbing people. He's not harming people. He's not doing anything. He, yes, he's doing something he wasn't supposed to, but to shoot him seems what I think a big escalation. I, not that I disagree, but I think we've talked about that as well before. No matter what they were doing before, once they're resisting and scuffling and get onto that, like Cleveland always said, all bets are off at that point. Mm-hmm. So whatever he was doing before, I don't think that matters too much once yeah. he started resisting and actually fighting back. Again, I do think it's a bit much if he's just standing there for them to shoot him. Right. Because he's not coming at them. He's not, he didn't pull out any kind of weapon. And even if he were to take off and run away, I don't think you're allowed to just shoot him in the back or the butt. <laughs> Are you? I don't think so. Well, because they would be fleeing. They would almost be like resisting, like where sometimes cars, they pull off the chase. Do you, at what point do you say all bets are off and I'm going for him? Well, uh, we've got two questions here. Uh, You're asking about shooting someone as they're fleeing. As they're fleeing. If they're still considered, you know, a threat, uh, a deadly threat to someone. Let's say you roll up and there's a guy with a gun Mm -hmm. um, and he cranked off a couple of rounds. And when you roll up, he takes off running. I mean, he looks at you, you. You order him to stop. He takes off running. He's still running with the gun. You don't know further away if there's kids in the neighborhood or if there's someone coming out to hang laundry on the line that he grabs. So he's still a threat. Uh, shot Shooting at him at that point? Yes, you can. Okay. Uh, he's leaving with no weapon. Mm-hmm. You never said he had a weapon. You didn't mm-hmm. see that. You shot him once, but, I mean, he got up the escalator. And the escalator was actually going up. It, it, <laughs> and they, they rode along. Well, at one point, you'll see the one officer stops and goes for a ride for a little bit. And she fired. Maybe she was stopping so she could fire the shot. And then there was a shot fired. So to answer that, no. And I think you were asking, I can't remember what you were asking. I had something with fling. Fling, yeah. You just yeah. can't go shoot. Yeah. Oh, about a car. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, if, if police officers are on a car chase with the fling, which is another mm-hmm. charge, you know, fleeing with it in a vehicle whatever um at some point when it gets unsafe you know they're told to pull back right. stop the chase stop right. the oh yeah so because... at what point do you do that on a foot but i there to me there's a difference what you just explained right. that some person that just went and shot up a, a restaurant a store or something else or even a park whatever mm-hmm. versus this guy that's just jumping trains and 
there's no report of any yeah. deadly weapon at all. Right. And uh, and tasers, I'm not the best with, but were the probes still in him? Could they just what before they shot him the first time in the summit? Could they get him a couple more shots with the yeah, taser? It's funny you say that. Yes, they can. It will work. It'll, I was gonna say can that's can you can you use those taser probes as many? I don't say as yeah. many times, but. You know, if they're yeah. still connected to that person, squeeze it again. Yeah, that's you what get, I was kind of thinking. You get five seconds, and you it'll stop. Just like five seconds off, five seconds five, off. Yeah, you just keep doing it. <laughs> so it like he's you said they both shot him with yeah, the tasers. Yeah, both tasers so in him. Yeah. She obviously had her gun out, and but he could have had his taser out, and like Abby said, he could have done that. He, the other officer. He had that up. Well, I don't know. Was his taser near the, him? Was it thrown away? In they the were scuffle? the tasers I mean, were kind of hanging off of him, like they were on the ground during the scuffle. So he had been tased, and by the time they were rolling around and everything, and they got up, the taser was just like dangling there hmm. uh, on the ground, and the the lines go pretty long. But I I hear what you're saying. There was no weapon. There was nothing that you saw of deadly force throughout the whole thing. He wasn't choking one of them or mm-hmm. had a knife at one of them, and she shot him. <laughs> Especially this, I mean, even the second shot. Obviously, he got shot from behind. Right. As he's fleeing, you already shot him once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For him, to, I mean, what's he going to do? <laughs> he's already been shot in the stomach. You haven't seen a weapon. You, I mean, to shoot him again as he's fleeing, once Whoa. already been shot, I, I think that's... Yeah, that's a bit much for me. The second time, I mean, even the first time with him standing there, but especially the second time, mm-hmm. as he's obviously turned away running or right. limping or whatever he's doing after he got shot the first time. I, I I I understand you don't know what he could do. I mean, he could be running. He could come up and you know you always see in the movies take someone hostage and get run away. And yeah. I mean, you don't know what he could do because he's obviously resisting. But I still think it's a bit much. Hmm. So you didn't actually get a chance to see the video. I did not. I heard no. it. You were playing it. I heard mm-hmm. it and listened in, but I did not see it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's uh, for my, my go ahead. You're about well, to and you said it's in Chicago, right? Right. And we've talked about this before. This would all be reviewed by that civilian review board. You know, it's Uh-oh. funny. <laughs> I'm looking at it right here. And I was waiting to throw that in at the very end. Yes, they do have that review, and that's who's looking at it, uh-huh. right? That's who will look at it, and. <laughs> Well, and I agree with, I don't know who you said said it, but somebody said that they should wait for the investigation to be completed right. before they just cut everything Strip off. Strip these guys yeah. out, yeah. I mean, I can get, they put them on, like, what, suspension or whatever. They do right. that typically when there's an incident like this, mm-hmm. but to just all out, before the investigation is done. Now, if it, the investigation comes back, it was a bad incident, bad shooting, mm-hmm. then do what you need to do. But before that even happened... right. I, I mean, I can see why they're upset about that. Well, I can see they're very upset because here you have the uh, Cook County State Attorney. He dropped the charges, but he only dropped them after the uh, police superintendent told him to drop them, and then he stripped them of their police powers. And then you've got the mayor making the comments that she made. There's it's a kind lot of, of pressure. Yeah, it's kind of hard when they speak up too soon. In, in mm-hmm. my mind, I think sometimes a mayor and these people will say something way too soon before the investigation completes. Instead of saying, hey, let me look at the tape. Let she me said find out what's it was disturbing on. and all yeah, that. Disturbing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, she she She's, did speak up, and, and that puts pressure on certain people. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, they dropped the charges. And they said the charges against him uh, were resisting arrest. Mm-hmm. and uh, criminal narcotics charges, and I don't know where that was. I don't know if there was drugs on him or what. I didn't say anything about that. 
But uh, nothing about hopping from train to train? Uh, that's a city ordinance, so they just oh, kind of let that go. That's right. <laughs> they, I guess rolling around. They don't they care about all him. that afterwards. Well, he's, he's suing the city. He's well, suing... He's suing the city and suing They'll get their the, fines the, out uh, of it, though. The, uh, yeah, the uh, <laughs> police department also. So there's still a chance that these two officers could be facing some uh, harsh charges for what happened. So, and I, we, you just briefly kind of went over it. Her, she was previously arrested. Mm-hmm. You said a battery or assault against a fast food worker. Right. Did, are they saying the off, or the police department did not know that? Or it didn't say. It just said that she should not have been hired. Up? Well, they're saying that she shouldn't have never been hired. But we don't know if the police department already knew and hired her anyway, or if they, if maybe she lied on her. We don't know. Somebody's if, gonna have to answer to that hmm. and say who did the background check. Did you see this and what happened? <laughs> and then they're saying that the partner should have never yelled shoot him. Yeah. Well, yeah, because that's again we talked about that before. <clears throat> this was a while ago. The kid that was sitting on the roof, the officer from the ground was <laughs> mm-hmm. yelling, push him off, push him off. And that mm-hmm. kind of pushed or pressured the officer to push him off. So, right. yeah, they, when you have more than one officer there telling you what to do, I mean, do you listen? or so You listen, and then uh, you find out later that this person talked you into something. Well, So but what I'm hearing from you, you're having a hard time with the whole shoot him thing, both of you. I get that. Um, that she shot him? Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a bit much. A bit much. Yeah, if you watch the video, you'll see they rolled around. Now, nah, I don't want to say rolled around on the ground a long time. They were down there quite a while before, you know, he wiggled his way up and, and then they separated and shots were fired. Well, one shot was fired, then another shot was fired. But like I said, all of that happened on a day when it was such a nice day and making a beautiful announcement about the L train and, and all that stuff and the actual people that are going to be helping out, and then this happens. So, yes, your civilian review board people will. Not mine. Be- <laughs> yeah, but no, I mean, because we've talked about it before. Yeah, they will, since it is Chicago, and like I said, a lot of major cities have it. Yeah, they'll, they'll be involved with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I thought I'd bring this one up because it happened a while back, but I had to wait for more stuff to come out about it. And there's a lawsuit now. Excessive mm-hmm. use of force is what they're saying. And I can kind of see that. Yeah. I feel bad for the officers. Um, hey. But what can you say? It happened. So, yeah, yeah we'll see see what comes out of it. You know, final question. Do you guys think the police should look into this or should the civilian review board look into it? <laughs> or should you bring in somebody from another, like a state police maybe look into it? I like that, like something like a state police, a different policing agency. Mm-hmm. Um, well, granted, you have your internal affairs, but I think since obviously that's different than an action, I personally think a outside police agency, as in like the state police yeah. department, and I like don't that. know why they don't do that for everything. I mean, in a state because every obviously every city or county is going to have mm-hmm. a state, mm-hmm. and if it's something that involves a state officer, you can do it within that jurisdiction of the city or county or whatever, but yeah, I don't, I wouldn't see why they wouldn't or couldn't have an outside force agency department mm-hmm. look into that. Yeah. Well, I, I, I agree with that too, but I just don't like mm-hmm. the civilian thing. Yeah. Sorry. I, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I definitely oh, agree I, with you. We haven't got yeah. anybody called from that who is on it, so, but... Hey, they have uh, 13,000 officers on their department, that's, too. That's, that's a lot. That's yeah. a lot of officers. And I'm sure every once in a while you'll get a few just bad, bad ones that slide bad in. apples yeah. out So there. you said they added 50 to just the trains? To, they added 50 to the 200 that were already on the trains. That's, wow. That's, that's a lot old. of officers who are covering just the, the Do they ever have any undercover work in the train? I'm sure they do. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they do. Yeah. But they've been having a lot of problems of people getting robbed and shot and stabbed. 
Uh, even the people who play. So what are you telling me? Don't take the L train when I go to Chicago? Take the L train. It's a neat ride. <laughs> if you've never done Kinda it. Kind of sounds scary now. <laughs> well, just don't jump from car to car and you'll all be right, all right. I'll try not to. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'll okay. pull my kids back. We can't do that. We'll get shot. Just oh, kidding. Wow. <laughs> okay, we're going to end on that note. We're just going to move that. on to the next yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> okay. Uh, thanks. Thanks. Officers. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Abby, what do you have for us? You got an attaboy or what were you thinking, man? I got an add a girl. How add a girl. Oh, there we go. Okay. How's that? Go right ahead. Fire away. All right. So, out of Bridgeport, Connecticut, mm-hmm. there was body cam footage released by the city show, that showed the heroic actions of several police officers as they rescued a driver from a burning vehicle. Officer Kathleen Ramirez came across came across the crash around 4:15 a.m. Um, and found the vehicle on its side and on fire. Um, the officer saw the driver that was still in the vehicle tried to get her out through the passenger side window, but the driver couldn't reach the officer's hand. As uh, Officer Ramirez continued to try to help the driver, um, other officers, an, a Sergeant DeBarros arrived and joined the rescue efforts by trying to break the front window of the vehicle. While firefighters and medics were still en route, members of the police department responded from other areas of the city. We actually have, let's see, quite a few officers that showed up. The body cam footage released showed these officers that pushed the vehicle while it was on fire back onto its wheels. Hmm. The footage then shows the officers pulled the female driver out through the passenger side window and carried her to a safe distance away from the vehicle, which soon after was engulfed in flames. At this time, the firefighters arrived on scene shortly and extinguished the flames. Medics transported the woman to the hospital. The mayor from Bridgeport um, praised the teamwork of the officers, saying the men and women of Bridgeport Police Department put their lives on the line every day in an effort to achieve the goal of saving and protecting lives. The officers didn't hesitate to put their lives in risk to save another, and due to their heroic efforts, a life was saved. Mm-hmm. Now, the police chief um, also praised the teamwork of his officers, saying the members of this department go above and beyond daily with a job of protecting our great community and effort to ensure everybody goes home to their loved ones at the end of the day. So good job there officers. Go. I mean, was there video on that? There is, there is video. Yeah. There was body cam footage. So you actually see the officer, uh, um, the officers working and kind of working together, trying to, what can they do? Cause they can't yeah. get her out, but the car's on fire. And then right. finally, I don't know who it, you know, in the body cam footage of it, who actually came up with the idea to actually push the car. But you see a line of officers actually push the car over wow. um, back on its wheels. And that's how they actually got her out. And I would, I don't know how old the lady was, but I know they did double check because there was a car seat in the vehicle in the back. So I know they kind of were, you, you hear some yelling to make uh, sure there was yeah. nobody else in the car. So I don't know if she told him that there was no other children. There was no mm-hmm. children, nobody else in the car. I don't know, but... I mean, you you know, so they did double check because there was a car seat in there, but there was nobody else in there. So here now that you said that about them yelling about the car seat, I saw that on the of world news. Oh. I actually saw that. I can't. <laughs> the world news. The world news. You got to watch the world news. Yeah, I think it was uh, ABC. I saw that, and I remember the officer yelling about a car seat in there. Hmm. Well, I'll be darned. Yep. And so that's the story. Yeah, there yeah. was yeah. quite a few. I mean, obviously, it's men and women on the police department, mm-hmm. but. Uh, um, so good job. I mean, yeah. that's, I mean, unfortunately we have the ones you, you as a police officer, like I've yeah. said earlier, you come into things that you get some information and you make mm-hmm. judgment calls that sometimes right. when afterward, when you look back on it, maybe I shouldn't have made that, but you were in that decision. You have to make it right now. Right. But there are, 
um, officers that are definitely out there willing to help and save lives whenever they can. And, you know, as people say with officers, they are usually running to the shots fired. They're running to the fire. They're Mm -hmm. running to help people while the rest of us civilians are running away. Heading out of the way. So kudos. Good job, officers. Bridgeport, Bridgeport, Connecticut, right? That's right. Did it give the female officer's name? Because she was the first one there. Officer Kathleen Ramirez. Ramirez. She's the one that actually came out, um, came across the crash. I'll be darned. Well, yeah, and... And that's the thing. As a, as a policeman, you don't really care for fire. Because <laughs> you don't have the equipment on. You don't have the stuff that they show up But if up you know, someone's yelling for help, you're, you're, you're you going to go. go. Yeah, you, you just, just know. Go. That's just, I'll yeah. be darned. I will be darned. Well, that's a good story. Mm-hmm. I appreciate mm-hmm. you sharing that with us. All right. They're Bridgeport, Connecticut right. Police Department. Yeah, if you know anybody on that department, give them a pat on the back. That's right. Take them some cookies or something. <laughs> that was a good job. Well done. Thank you, Abby, for your... Add a girl. That's that right. That's girl. right. Yep. Yep. <laughs> got an add a girl today. story and all the other officers <laughs> who helped out. We really appreciate that. And uh, hey, and again, Abby, thanks for sharing with us who you are, where you came from, and for our listeners out there who emailed us. Folks, thanks for hanging out with us today. Uh, we're going to end this with uh, hey, check us out on Police Pod Talk. That's uh, email us at policepodtalk at gmail.com. You can check us out on Facebook at Cleveland Junior. Or on Facebook at Police Pod Talk. Either one of us, go ahead and friend us. We'll friend you back and you can keep up on things. Hey, and a new thing we started, somebody talked me into, is Twitter. Ooh. We're now on Twitter. Okay, <laughs> Police Pod Talk. Uh, I think you're, I don't even know how that works. Abby, explain that. How does Twitter work? I mean, you're a Twitter uh, person. Well, aren't you? I, what we, I have Twitter. Do you I, tweet, Abby? Not a ton. Okay, so where's, ton I'm supposed to tweet out the shows you and do. tweet out stuff yeah. and, you know. Hashtags work really well on on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Okay, tweet out, people can respond back to you. That's right. And I will retweet it for my twenty-seven followers. (laughs) (laughs) So Jeremy needs new followers. (laughs) Okay. So hey, there's several ways you can check us out. Yeah, folks, thanks for being with us on Police Pod Talk. We will catch you next week.